Welcome back to another episode of Rip Through a Podcast. It is episode 30. Um, I have been stuffing that up in recent times, but I definitely double-checked, and it's episode 30. Second for the year, first in person. Welcome, Sean Tobin. It's good to see you, Mitchell. Jesus, uh, it's been a while since we've caught up. Yeah, it has, although we did, oh, run, into, <laughs> we did run into each other at the uh, airport the other day. We did. Uh, so um, I was at the Australian Open doing the... Uh, Doing the Fortnite event on the Margaret Court, so that was something different. I did it last year. Um, this year I did the the proams and also the the solos, which means I played by myself in the pro league, and then I played with um, the celebrity other pros and stuff. So it was actually funny. I saw you at the airport on the way back, and I was a little bit a little bit hung and a little bit long day. So oh, I think um, we both just wanted to get home. <laughs> we both just wanted to go home. Actually, they had a good spread on the Virgin Lounge, so shout out to Virgin because uh, that was a good feed. I appreciate yeah, that. It had, was, um, the hot dogs and stuff there. Absolutely, I had two and a half hours to kill. I think it was, or two hours. It was, uh, and then my flight got delayed, which oh, make things easier. Sucked so, in. I mean, that uh, sucks. Man. Yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, it was good fun. I'm glad I got home. What uh, were you doing in Melbourne or so, Geelong? Uh, went down and uh, caught up with Corey Homicide Williams yeah, from okay. the NBL. So yeah. I caught up with him on the Friday night, and then uh, yeah, spent a couple of days with with Gary in Geelong. So with Gary, how's um, he tracking? He's tracking good. Yeah, he's tracking good. So uh, we just had a chat actually just before we came in, and um, he's uh, I think you know like you boys that they're, they're they're kind of well into it now. I think everyone's yeah. just looking forward to some preseason. There's more match simulation now, so yes, that obviously is. makes everyone a little bit more happier. But uh, now he's going well, sends his best, and he will be on the uh, show at some stage this year. Man, I'm I'm sick of this. I'm going to hold him to it. And if I see him on field and he hasn't been on yet, I'm just going to throw one at him. I'm just saying. Well, to I'm, give, I'm getting weeks. To Ablet, give the Ablet. to give the people some context, we did say that we'd wait to do it in person because it was yeah, going to be the yeah. one easiest to do. I think we play down there this year, though, so we might have to exclusive insight flies down for that. Done. Let, let's let's try and make it happen. Yeah, it's been a it's been a big preseason for your boy Robbo. Um, we went on our Tassie camp, which was good. Yeah. Um, so we we last spoke uh, also I suppose caught up just before that just was before it? the camp. So tell yeah. us about the the Tassie camp because any excuse to get home, I'm sure oh, you would knock back. But yeah. what what was that whole camp like? Because this is the second year that you've been yep. back. Yeah. So we did. I think we did. Two years in North, um, up uh, Launceston, and then we did this our second year down in um, Hobart. But um, no, it was a really good camp. It was more, it was more of like getting away from the heat because eight, eight AFL clubs come up to Sunshine Coast for the preseason camp, and that's that's pretty full on because they're trying to get a bit of heat training. But we had this advantage that we have it from day one. So um, our our motto is get out of the heat, uh, get a week down to a beautiful God's country in in Hobart, Tasmania. Um, it was more of like a a bonding trip and a a bit of a leadership review as well and seeing how that's all going. Um, that would come up in today's talking point, but um, it was more along the lines of inducting some players into our um, culture and talking about our trademark and where we go because we've obviously got a few new draft picks and we got uh, three trade-ins that we had, Kalachi, Virtual uh, and Yeoman. So just about that and just see where, you know, review our trademarks, see how it's going and stuff. So it was really good. I enjoyed it. It was, it was one of the better camps I've been on. Um, you know how they don't throw just random activities in there to try and, like, build up time or fill in timeline and that kind of stuff. So everything flowed well and we did a lot of good training down there too. So shout out to uh, Hobart Tasmania, Utahs who looked after us, um, Blunston Arena, we got to train on there. So we played Kangaroos there around 13. So that was good to get a lot of the boys to get on that oval. Um, I've been on that like 20,000 times. So it was good for me to get back and uh, do a bit of training. But yeah, I was in, um, in a bit, bit of rehab. I was doing a little bit, I had a little bit of a calf niggle. So um, I was... Thinking to do a match sim down there, but I got to run a few laps and um, it's all gravy. Save yourself for the gold medal rounds. That's what I've uh, always... Nothing, I don't want to be preseason yeah, hero, you know? I don't exactly want to save myself right. for the good stuff. But no, nah, I actually got into a match no practice one, no last Friday. No one Friday. wants to peak in December. Nah, no. 
I kicked three goals in the first half on the weekend. I'm thinking, shit, if it had done in the game, I'd be like getting votes. So, yeah. no, nah, I'll save it for then. But you did have a special guest. Uh, yes, Condi. Yes. Yep. Now, he came down. It was actually, obviously, it was a good initiative by him in the club um, just to get an understanding of where we're at as a, as a group. And um, I know it's well documented that he said that we would be like the Melbourne of last year and, you know, drop down the ladder. Um, we don't see that happening. And he came down. He was really good. Um, hung out with... Most of the boys at lunch, he was with the coaches and some staff during the match match sim. Um, and we had a couple other journos. We had Greg Davis down there, Michael Whiting as well. We came down and had a look. But no, it was really good for him to get down and um, just put a put a va- face to the to the words that comes out of his mouth, I guess. So h- how does that dynamic work? Because it is it is difficult to have, I suppose, people outside the club come yeah. inside your four walls. I mean, wh- what's that dynamic like when you've got someone like Kane Corns, who um, has established a, a really fantastic career for himself in the media. Yeah. And, you know, there was some criticism that, that that was, I suppose, directed towards your team yeah. throughout the season. And so to have that person come in, I think it's, it speaks volumes of Cornsy first, to want to yeah, come yeah. And, and learn about that environment. But the, the, the dynamic about getting someone like that into your football club, I mean, yeah. talk us through what that, that environment is like. I think it's, it's an... A th- Initiative that a lot of media and um, personality should take on. Like I know a lot of lot of uh, media personalities won't be able to get that access to come to clubs and see how we operate and stuff. But it's really good for him to see how we go. I don't know if he'd be commentating any of our games this year, but just to understand where we're coming from and what's our goals and stuff. So I think if more people did it, the better. Um, it was good for him as well, just to you know catch up with him, have a chat, because um, you know he has had opinion on some of our players, like Lockie Neal and all those kind of guys and. Um, they they had lunch with him. He sat down in the cafeteria that we were at, and they got to have that FaceTime value with him. So it was really good. Um, I I really appreciated him and the other media personnel that came down and had a chat to us because you just get the understanding of you know some gameplay and where players are playing and all these initiatives that we're doing within our four walls. So I think it's um, an advantage for him, um, especially for his personnel. And let's be let's be serious. He had a great career as well. Now he got to cops a lot of flack for having his own opinion, but I I, I like it. I like him having his own opinion and. It's better than the, the norm, the bland, or the boring that um, most of everyone else has. So um, good on him. Yeah, we say it all the time. I mean, the game doesn't probably have as much characters as, as some of the other sports that we all love from the NFL to the NBA. And so, you know, having someone like Kane who transitions into that mm. sort of role, I think it's great for all players. It and, is. You know, great for media types as well. And, um, you know, you're the second most famous person in Tasmania behind <laughs> Tim Payne. And I think Tim was actually part yeah, of Yeah, we, we were going to get Tim Payne. I don't know if I'm meant to disclose this or not, but um, he got a little bit of a virus, so he didn't, he didn't pop into the camp. But he sent his well wishes and he will be up in a couple of weeks, I think, for some cricket. So he's going to catch up with all the grip then. So we were looking forward to it. We still want him on here. And we are getting him on the podcast. He says, yeah. yes, he doesn't want any controversy, which is we're an athlete's podcast, not just a player's podcast. So Correct. there won't be any of that. I just want to talk to the boy from Lauderdale and I'll see how he's going. But first of all, before we get stuck into it, I want a big, big shout out to Shure Microphones for looking after us. They sent us some wireless lavaliers as well that we'll be hooking onto our shirts and be able to talk without this. They feel got, amazing. Yeah, when we get guests on. So um, also Cam Prince, um, they, if you see his fantastic wall art, um, they've printed that out for me, which is cool. And Sean as well, who designed it. So big shout to those three. Uh, let's get stuck into it. The first talking point uh, would be... Well, well, let's start with the halftime breaks because there okay. was so much, I suppose, yeah. directed towards that. How much was going months. on and then nothing happened? And I think, you know... Gary Lyon accused the AFL in recent days of, of kite flying, which for those who don't know the Run term is um, where you, you push out an idea out there to see what the commentary is like and then dictate whether or not it's something that you're going to pursue. What's, is that a bad um, thing? Well, I don't think it's not. I it mean, sounds you, like, it, isn't that it, like a marketing, like people don't they 
don't people get paid to go out through the streets and do surveys? Well, correct. It's sort of like that, but it's saving money. I, I suppose, well, yeah, exactly <laughs> right. You're getting you're getting primary research without having to pay for it. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose the other notion to it is, you know, for some people feel like, you know, people are put in a position to make decisions, therefore mm. make those decisions. And some people just feel like the time's okay. kind of been wasted talking about an issue that, that's not going to progress any further. I mean, the reality is, if unless we talk about it, we're not going to know whether or not they're good ideas. And, so and would kick, our back would be against the wall, kick up a stink if they just went and did it. Be like, oh, why don't they talk to the players? Why don't they tell the media or anything? Or just get like some outside perspectives looking in. So, um, correct. I, I always say the AFL makes no friends a lot of times, <laughs> and I, I think they're between a rock and a hard place on this yeah. one. And I, look. Again, I said it to you from the start. I don't know how commercially it's going to work because of the TV yeah, right yeah. broadcast. Like, if they can't just lose five minutes of advertising revenue and not make that up yeah. anywhere else. So, look, I know we spoke about it early days, and I was a little bit hesitant purely for the reasons of, of understanding how does it work commercially. But uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit interesting to see yeah. that the, the commentary that's followed there. Yeah, well, we had we spoke about this at the AFLPA when we had a delegates meeting about the pros and cons and. The players honestly didn't really care unless they just still got in half time and had their alone time. Like, because in my group, we had a few players talk about they like to go off the ground um, just to reset. And, you know, the coaches would, would obviously bat for that too to talk to their players because, you know, we got the second youngest list in the AFL and Fags likes to revisit um, some of the talking points and the things that we could do better in the game at half time. That's when you get that opportunity, um, to, you know, close doors and have a chat. So a lot of that, and obviously the broadcasters with the you know commercialization, revenue, profits, all that kind of stuff. But I reckon the big one was the fans weren't that happy, like the ones that go to the game because mm. they didn't get a chance at halftime to you know toilet break. They didn't get to go get their food and food beer, and all and that kind of stuff. So um, I think it might happen in the future. They're trying to find ways to shorten the game, and that was one reason because I think McLaughlin from today I saw that he said the audience drops about fifteen to twenty percent during halftime break. There's also feedback that the break is too long for family and friends. Then we look at whether we could reduce halftime break. So he's just saying like, yes, a lot of viewers probably drop off and don't come back. It's also on the broadcasters to have good commentary going on. Um, they can pump ads through there, but then to come back and talk about some cool stats, maybe interviews and stuff. So they'll be looking at all avenues of that aspect. Yeah, I, I think the halftime analysis is a real opportunity for some yeah, of these TV this got to pump it up a little bit. It's oh, so boring. Absolutely. Abs- I would look at the NBA, and again, I'm a massive NBA fan, but yeah, yeah. you know, the best part of some of these games is watching uh, Shaq and yeah. Charles Barkley and exactly. you know, Kenny the Jet Smith talk about the game and the analysis and what they're seeing. And I think that's what fans value. They yeah. want access, but they also want insight. Yeah. And you know, that's the opportunity to get it. So, um, look, it is interesting. And as a player, I mean, talk us through the dynamic when you get off the field. You know, there's a, a 20 minute break. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, that 20 minutes goes by pretty quick. I know that you'd probably prefer to have the 10 minutes, but what what actually happens in that 20 minutes? Because do you do you meet collectively as a team, or is it more the line meetings where you're going to spend a lot more time talking with your midfield group about mm. what you're seeing, talking yeah. to the midfield and stoppage coaches? Like, what actually happens in the 20 minutes? Yeah, well, the thing that came up with that, the players in our group when we were uh, talking about this, the AFLPA delegates meeting was. The, you come in and you get that's a chance to you know do toilet breaks because that's something you can't really do during the game. Um, you can duck down the race and run off to the toilet, but that you just like kind of scatter when you're doing that. So you come off the ground, toilet break, <coughs> have your alone time for about you know five minutes uh, max. Then you d- jump into your line meetings, um, replenish with some lollies, um, Gatorade, hydrate, all that kind of stuff. And then obviously you go on your line meetings, um, talk to your line coaches, and you all talk about where the opposition might be getting you in certain situations. Um, they bring a forward up to the stoppage. How can we combat that? And then 
we did duck into the, the meeting room with a coach and he'll go over a few things if we're going well, going bad, um, how's our RFIs going, the KPIs, um, all that kind of stuff. So that's pretty much take up the whole 20 minutes. Then you go do inside warm-up and then you go outside and you're pretty much into it, like do a couple of sprints and that. So, yeah, it's 20 minutes. It doesn't really feel like that. Um, some players don't like it. Some players do like it. It was really just a nothing conversation really in the end, but I understand where the frustration comes from. Um, but yeah, they tried something, saw what the fans engaged in, um, they didn't like it and they went from there. So you can't, you can't get your back up about, about the AFL about throwing something out there and seeing if it sticks to the wall or not. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one thing that they have introduced this year, which obviously hasn't been around, is the preseason supplementary list signings. Yep. Um, and uh, we've seen in the last 24 hours that officially Harley Bennell's actually secured his yep. AFL lifeline. Congratulations, line. mate. Um, yep. I did send him a texty message last night. Um, he replied as well saying, thanks, Ors. Um, but I, it's pretty good for him. Like, I'm happy for him. You, you, know you, I mean? you probably were with him at yep. Gold Coast? Yep. Yeah. So, if, like, you would know him as a bloke. He's genuinely a very good person. Um, you don't get three lifelines like this if you're a shit bloke um, and you don't have any talent. So I think his talent definitely outweighs um, what can happen if he gets another injury, his calf. Like, I had a calf niggle in the preseason re- recently and I couldn't imagine having that continuously going over and over and over again. The rehab would be strenuous and it takes one little nick like just to set you back a week or two. So with him, hopefully this little one, little setback is nothing. Obviously the, they think that because they wouldn't have given him a year. Um, I think I saw it. You know, people come out publicly and say he take a big pay cut, and whatnot. But that was probably going to happen regardless, seeing his situation. But if he gets up and running, like one of my mates, Mav Weller, said he'd probably be the best player. He did. He'd I saw the, that. Yeah, so yeah. he'd probably win the best and fair. Like he's generally that good a player. Um, you would have seen his thirty possession, three goal oh. game. Like that was. Yeah, I remember when he kicked six. I think against Geelong. I yeah, see, man, like, like some of the stuff he can do is just mm. beyond belief. So. If you get him up and running, I think he's 27. What is he, 27? Uh, yeah, I think 27, 28. 27, 28. Um, so he's still got like three years in him. And mm. um, I know it doesn't get any easier when you get older with those type of soft tissue injuries. But um, honestly, congratulations to you, Harley. Well, we, we will get you on because he did promise that. Um, he said once I got signed up, which he was uh, pretty confident early days, um, he said he'll come on. So I know they're on camp at the moment, but um, once they're finished, then I'll we'll get you on. But talking about injuries and um all that kind of stuff yes yes so uh this was interesting i mean I'm, I'm keen to get your thoughts on on i suppose just the the commentary that that's come around it in terms of uh the the charlie kerno situation yeah um now i, I again I, I don't want to comment too much on it because we're only just sort of looking through it and i've got the gist of obviously the, the talking points and the storylines is is more of a deal being made of it than it, than it really should <sighs> Mate. be Right. yes yeah yeah so every club is different. Um, like every club handles their injuries different. They've got different programs. Um, timelines may be different. They, you know, some medical teams look at scans um, in depth. Some don't. Some just back their own judgment. But I don't know his full situation. Um, yeah, but clubs, all clubs have a no drink policy when it's a soft tissue injury. If it's a one or two weaker, you just mm. don't drink because that um, decreases your chance of getting back sooner. It could bleed in some areas. Um, it's going to have your setback. So... I know for that I've had a couple um, niggles and I would definitely not drink during that time. You know that it's like it's not a it's not a thing. How you like? Oh, maybe I can just get away with this weekend mm-hmm. um, because say if I had my car, which I did, um, and then I went out and drank that weekend, you're on your legs for a long time. Number one, um, you're probably dancing. Um, you could do damage to it without realizing. Um, and then by the Monday, like you got to back it up with running and stuff. So that kind of that's that's where they're looking at it. But when it's a long term injury, like I've broken my foot two years ago um 
So the first six weeks post-surgery, you've got to do everything right. You can't do all the drinking, all that kind of stuff. But he's had this since, like, what, start of pre-season? Mm. Like off-season, he hurt his knee, didn't he? Mm. Yeah. In a basketball game. Yeah. So he's had a long time out. Um, and he's spoken to the club. There was some players at that wedding, Sam Doherty's wedding. So if you didn't know, Sam Doherty had a wedding, uh, invited a few boys, Charlie Curnow, had a couple drinks at a at a wedding at one of his good mates wedding um and it's kind of made the media circles and it's blowing up into something that it's not but it is february we'll give him that there's nothing to talk about but literally like there's nothing to it um some players were there they didn't drink and then they just made it made a thing out of that so, mm. so, so i don't know when when players when clubs start putting drinking bans and enforcing curfews and all that kind of stuff it takes away the ownership from the players and doesn't hold them to account of what they're doing and rules are meant to be broken but like it just takes out all the gray area um but that just also comes back on the club and the culture. But honestly, clubs strive when it's player-driven. Uh, and obviously, this is how it's gone. But I don't know. Tiggy's come out and batter for him. Like, there's nothing really in it. So if the club doesn't have an issue and the players have been responsible about it, <laughs> where's the issue actually come from? Um, I don't know. I think it's because they oh, I saw something that they had a they had a meeting around this drinking situation. Mm. Um, and they're saying, does Charlie kind of have double standards? Should he be doing it? Mm. And this is where the no life policy comes because in because of the Silvani <laughs> brothers. Yeah, yeah, because yep. they got um, they were at a, a festival. Were drinking when they were both injured or weren't meant to be drinking. Both or something in the like rehab that. group. Yep. Both in rehab group, but they had soft tissue injuries. So that's the thing where you, know, you cop your whack and get on with it. Like you learn from that. So obviously Charlie Kerno is not back until mid year, I think. So um, I did send him a text to say saying I'm I'm going to go and bat for you today because I understand that there's nothing wrong with this and the media are trying to blow it up into be something it's not. Yeah, and, and that's where I think... And again, also the fans, man. Like, the fans want to know why, why is he out there doing this, why he's injured and stuff. So they, they're probably asking why. But just understand when it's, a, when, it's an injury, when it's a bone injury and long-term, you sit down with your um, rehab coordinator and the fitness gurus and they'll plan out and say when you can and can't drink. So he'll know that. So they'll obviously would have spoken about it beforehand. Yeah, correct. I mean, I, I do feel for him in the sense that he's done nothing wrong. The club doesn't he's have an issue with him. Right. Um, he's one of the, you know, from what you hear in the, in the footy club, he's one of the more responsible people, yeah. um, great future club leader, mm-hmm. um, finds himself in this situation and, you know, he's just trying to do the right thing. And I think at times we, we just go a little bit too far as an industry. Um, you know, think sometimes so. we just have to stop and reflect and go, is this really a story? Um, as which I said, is, it's February, which is a bit hard and it's February. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I understand that. It's just, you look at it you can understand where the frustrations do, mm-hmm. do come now from, players and coaches when these types of stories do come out because yeah. you just get a sense that is this actually a story that um, that we need to be concerned about? I by? think um, also, you know, the Colton Football Club sell papers at the moment. You know, they've got an exciting young list coming through. They've got some expectations on 2020. So anything that uh, can happen in those four walls and gets out, then it'll be one of those things that, you know, will stick to the back of the page and go through there. But you just got to think this guy's, you know, he'd be inside, he'd be pretty flat about you know, not having... All the preseason under his belt and having to come back later in the season is going to be pretty annoying for him. So, um, a couple of drinks at a, at his captain's wedding. Uh, come on, guys. Yeah, and, and look, speaking of come inside, on, man. <laughs> inside, it's speaking inside the four walls, and again, you don't know what's actually happening in a football yeah. club unless you're inside. I mean, yeah. I think we can both attest for that. And one thing I found really interesting is the the, the leadership group announcement at Essendon, um, yeah. some inclusions, I think. It's fantastic to see Zaharakis and, and Hurley 
um, you know, really back into that fold. I don't know whether Zaharakis was there last year. No, I don't think he was. He was there a couple of years ago. Yeah, and I think um, Hurley was the same. And again, yeah. they're fantastic leaders. They should be, you know, really in the group from what you hear. Again, we're not inside the four walls. I mean, we don't know what gets said or um, spoken about inside the four walls of, of a football club. And one thing that's, I suppose, starting to generate a bit of interest in the last 24 hours is the announcement of the Essendon uh, yeah. leadership group. Yeah. Um, and I suppose, you know, w- one thing that I would say is, again, we don't know what's spoken about <laughs> inside the four cl- walls. but Every you know, club's we, different. Every club's different. We do hear great things about Zaharakis and, and Hurley from their leadership credentials. So yep. it's fantastic to see those guys back into the fold for Essendon. But uh, I suppose some of the omissions starting to, to I suppose, create some, some talking points. And, and the one thing that I'll say, in particularly with regards to Zach Merritt, is sometimes you just don't know what's what's actually been yeah. spoken about inside yeah. the four walls. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on I suppose, just the story when you, when you saw it. And um, I suppose, do, do you kind of get this sense that you know, again, we don't actually know what what maybe people are going through, or, or maybe it's it's just different criteria. Because someone like Zach, from all you hear about, he he's really touted as a future club captain. So yeah. you know he's got leadership credentials, but maybe there there could be other things happening as well. Yeah. So as I said, every club's different, and I don't want to go into too much depth of what we do at the Brisbane Lions because we don't want that getting out and all that kind of stuff. And our GM David Noble will be like, nah, take it out. But shut this whole thing shut down. this whole thing down. Get rid of the podcast. But no, nah, this has been um, getting a lot of traction the last twenty four hours since Essendon um, announced their leadership group, which is stacked full of credentials and accolades. Mm. Like the the group you'd think that had would have no one in there with any leadership ability because obviously Zach Merritt's been such a great player at the Essendon Footy Club and he's been vice captain for a couple of years and then gets left out. And then Orazio Fantasia um, opts not to be in the leadership group for twenty twenty. So. Sam McClure has come out today and talks about um, Orazio saying he doesn't want to be in the leadership group for this year. And can I say, this happens at a lot of clubs. Players mm. usually pop up before the meeting and say, look, you know, I'm just going to say to the group, like, we had a player do that this year. Um, and they just say, look, not for me this year. I want to focus on my footy because a lot of things happen um, when you get put in the leadership group. Um, from my understanding, you know, have meetings, you got to do more appearances and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's just, if you're not... Focusing on your footy, that can be kind of sidetracking. So when you opt out, it's not a thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just saying, look, I want to focus on footy. I want to do what's best for the team. I can't Actually give putting it. the club first. It's being selfless. Like he's saying, mm. I want to um, put the club before my own needs. You know, like I don't need this this year. I just want to focus on footy and make sure I give my best for you guys. Sam McClure says, for him to be put in the leisure group and then decline to concentrate on his footy, I think that's a bad sign for Essendon Footy Club and it's a good sign for South Australian Club. So he's kind of alluding to the fact that he was seeking a trade last year. didn't go through. Um, he then wanted to stay at Essendon for this year. Mm. Um, and then it just looks looks like he's just going to do it again next year. That's not the case all the time. And, oh, no, he might backflip and say, yeah, I want to go to SA next year, go to a club over there. But opting out of a leisure group isn't a bad thing. As, as I said before, it's selfless. He's just putting the, he, putting the team first, not his own needs. Um, so I could actually go, give him a pat on the back for that. Like, I'm sure that would have been um, internally gone, yeah, it's great. Thanks for letting us know. Um, and then you see the other guys who got inducted back in. It's mm. not a bad thing at all. Um, and then for Zach Merritt, like every club's different, but clubs l- allow the players to do all the voting. So I don't know if, if they're doing a five, four, three, two, one, or um, yeah, you know, they, every they go different. off their trademark yeah. if they've got that. Like they might have a few words on the wall that they relate back to who does that the best. Um, but if the, I'm guessing they've probably done a five, four, three, one because there's five players in their list group now. But look at the people that come in. You got Hurley. Who's a two-time All-Australian? Shields already been there, but he's an All-Australian. You got Devin Smith, who's an All-Australian. Heppel, who's a captain, is All-Australian. Zara Rux has played two hundred games. Um, like that's a stack leisure group. Who's and coming out? That's what I mean. Like if it's if it's that, like I'm 
I'm like Arise is not going to change the way he goes about his business. He's still going to rock mm. up a training, train his hardest, play his hardest, still pipe up for meetings and give his opinion. Like just because I'm like you got that little tag, um, mm. it doesn't make you who you are. Like players who get in the lifted group usually speak up and you know will challenge other players in meetings, give feedback, be able to take feedback, be able to talk to the coaches and do all that. So he's not going to change that because he's got a a tag next to his name saying leadership group. Um, that's it not did, how clubs work. It didn't stop early in Zaharakis last year. Exactly. And, you know, 12 months later, they're, they're obviously part of this new look leadership group yeah. as well. Yeah. And from the outside looking in, that looks more stable, to be honest. Um, looking at it now with that, like those credentials, like it's ridiculous. So mm. this is another one how they're just trying to razz something up saying, you know, it's great for South Australian clubs. Like, you know, look out, he's not going to be there next year. Like, if it happens, it happens. What? Why do we have to say that now? I don't understand. Like, they're just trying to find something within the story. And and good on them. Like, it's gaining traction. But then Dan Richardson came out this morning, their um, operations manager. Um, I think he's operations manager. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah um, and, he's, and he's pretty much just regurgitated all. Like, he said all that. So, like, it's yeah. it's their their process internally um, within their four walls. And you just got to respect that. Um there's not always like something like a witch hunt going on. Yeah. There's nothing like, oh, Raja wasn't here. Oh, we don't want him to be in there. Zach Merritt's terrible. He's shit leader. All this kind of stuff. That's not the case. Mm. He might just like, look at these other people ahead of him. Like, that's fine with me. I don't mm. think like there's anything bad that's going on within the club. It's not a damaged um, leadership in, within for like it's just, oh, it's just mind-boggling for me. Yeah, and, and that's probably, again, that's why I raise it because I think sometimes people are so quick to condemn <laughs> yeah, 100%. and not actually look at it through context. And, yeah. uh, again, everything that you hear about Zach Merritt, he's one of the stars of the game, yeah. future stars of the game. And he, he's a great person too. I've met him a lot of times. Yeah. He, he and wrote tagged a, him as well. Oh, really? Yeah. It's yeah. not easy to play on. He wrote a fantastic article last year uh, on Fox Footy um, regarding the, the, the women's involvement and participation and the mm. growth. And oh, look, I, I just think... You know, so much can be made out of something so small. And, you know, I get it. We're February. You know, we're looking for yeah. things. Um, ways that the media are looking for things to, to determine what, what could be a story and what could not be. But the only story here should be that, like, the way he's feeling about it. Like, obviously, he didn't get mm. invited into the leadership group um, for whatever reason. And he'll just go back and work on that. Um, players can work on these things. And that's, you know, I bet you he's going to have a little chip on his shoulder within the group. And he's going to go out and dominate this year again. So look out for any teams playing him because... I know it might be a little bit of kicking guts for him that he didn't make it, but the people in front of you will take that club forward and they're, no, they're going to be a great team this year. So Yeah, absolutely. And, he, and he's going to be the leader of that. Absolutely, yeah. And, and they're, they're a team that's going to be really interesting to watch. Yeah, you know, I'm excited to see how they go. I, I am too. I think, I think they're, um, they're, they're ones that you know, certainly they've got so much consistency. They've got fantastic bookends and they've got a great leadership group, as we just touched on, mm. um, that are, that are going to help them take it to the next level. So I just implore all the, not implore, but can everyone just take a chill pill? This, this, the mm. week, this week's papers in the media looked a little bit full on for me. So, yeah, about that. But um, we do have a guest that we're going to call. We're going to be talking to Ali Anderson. Um, we'll give her a call now. Obviously, if you didn't realise, the AFLW season starts this weekend. It is Brisbane Lions versus Adelaide Crows at Wilson Grange, which is Emma's club. So half the boys will be down there rattling tins. Uh, so come down. We'll be trying to raise money for the, the, the wildlife and the bushfire victims of the recent fires in australia um and everyone's gonna be down there supporting our girls too because we're excited for a big year from them again but we'll give ali a call we'll talk about a few things um she's a genuine star she, last year she was the best and first of the brisbane lions footy club uh, she was all australian for the first time um and she's just a genuinely good person so she's a she's one of the one of my she's the auntie of the, the kids oh, as well okay, so yeah, she, yeah, you yeah. know they rock her jumper so um, <laughs> we'll give her a call this is eight o'clock on the dot i asked for this done that sounds crisp. 
Ali Anderson, welcome to the Rip Thrill Podcast. It, you are the first guest <laughs> for 2020. How does that make you feel? Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Sean Tobin here with me, um, and we're going to be talking a few things about the seasons ahead, the state of the game. Um, I've sent you the questions, so you should be fine. But um, yeah. how has your preseason been? You you excited for this year? Yeah, no, it's been um, really good. Like we've had such a good preseason. Like everyone's come into the season so fit, so it's sort of just um, proven on what we had. And all the girls that we actually brought in were all super fit. They were all topping our like two k time trials. So I saw that. Yeah, we're we're going to be a fit good side this year. Was it the Irish girl that won the two k? Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah absolute she, athlete. Yeah, she looks like a <laughs> like a freak of nature that with the running ability. Ali- yeah, she just. Pretty much Prince for 2K. <laughs> <laughs> Ali, it's Sean Tobin here from Exclusive Insight. I know we spoke in November um, when uh, yeah. yeah, when Alex kind of got us together. And it, I suppose it was it was a big year for you. I mean, when you look back in the last 12 months, I mean, you became an All-Australian for the first time. What, do you do you feel like you are now, I suppose, part of the AFL's best in terms of the, uh, the, the, the top women players in the game? Because you've done a mountain of work to get to where you are. Yeah, like... Surprisingly, not really. Like, I feel like every year you're constantly trying to prove yourself. So it's almost like every year you sort of reset and you have to go again. So, uh, yeah, I don't feel like I've really earned my spot sort of thing. And, you know, yeah, I feel like I just need to sort of be able to back it up again and again. And then I'll sort of feel, you know, like I've um, earned spot and like I deserve to be there sort of thing. Yeah, well, I reckon you're one of the best in the league. We can um, say. I'm a bit biased because my, <laughs> my, my, my son and my daughter wear your number and your name on the back of the jumpers. I'm a little bit biased, <laughs> but I think you're pretty good. You won the Lions best and fairest last year as well, so that's obviously a good thing. But you have been in a couple of losing grand finals, and does that, does that kind of spur you on to have another great year? And, um, you know, how does that sit with you today that, you know, you had your opportunity to be in those grand finals? It didn't quite go out the way you wanted it to, but does that kind of spur you on to have a, you know, a big year for 2020? Yeah, definitely. I think I've lost about nine grand finals and I haven't won any. So, yeah, I feel like I'm definitely due for one. Um, yeah, the last two that we lost in the first two seasons was sort of, you know, like, oh, yeah, we made it there. Like, that's good. Like, first two years. Yeah. And now it's sort of like, okay, like, learn from those. And now we, like, we're all just determined to sort of win it. Like, yeah, it'd be very, very nice to have a premiership under my belt. Of a lot. I'd love you to be hanging that medal around your neck in the year. I know how hard it was for the girls and for the club, especially when you guys were so close but so far away. But that kind of goes into the next question that Sean's got around the you know the competition at the moment and the introduction of the new teams. Um, yeah, I suppose you know we were chatting Ali about just the the growth of the game and how I suppose obviously the expansion will mean more talent that comes through and the co- the competition is obviously only just growing. How do you how do you see the current state of the game? Because a lot of the girls that I've spoken to in recent weeks are, are really excited about obviously, you know, entering that third season and starting to understand that um, this game, this competition really is starting to grow. I mean, where do you kind of, I suppose, see it going into this weekend? Yeah. So I think a lot of the younger girls that have sort of been drafted have started playing footy at a younger age. So they're a lot like, um, just more skillful sort of natural players sort of thing. So you had a lot of, um, you know, as a sport converts who are like amazing players, um, but yeah, you have these younger girls coming through that have been playing for so long now. So I just think the skill is going to increase. And, um, you know, with all the girls that are attracting from other sports, like, you know, they're the best of their sports. So um, they'll be able to bring heat to our game too. So yeah, I think the game's all 
also becoming a lot faster. So it, it's going to be a lot more running and a lot more speed involved. So I think it'll just be a, a different look this year. So just like, yeah, a lot more exciting, um, more skillful players. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it'll just continue to grow. Yeah, and I suppose just on a personal note, how have you kind of, I suppose, come into this season? Because, you know, as, as we touched on earlier, you became an All-Australian for the first time in 2019. You were also the club best and fairest winner. So not only were you recognised, um, you know, through the wider competition, you know, inside your, your four walls, your club obviously value what you bring. You know, have you had to work on areas of your game to, I suppose, really allow yourself to continue to improve? Because I can understand that you would probably be in a position right now where... I suppose other girls are looking at you towards leadership and, and wanting to hear your voice. And is that something that you've had to really work on is, is being more vocal on the training track and I suppose translating that onto the field as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, like I, my voice is probably my biggest issue. So in the first two years, I probably didn't say too much. So um, yeah, just about getting out of your comfort zone and just sort of yelling and using your voice more. Um, I did, yeah, like I'm always sort of looking for ways to improve um, and get better. So I went down to Melbourne um, and played some VFLW footy down there. Um, or yeah, just always trying to like, I don't know, improve, do things differently, um, try new things in training and in games. So for me, yeah, that was just sort of putting myself out of my comfort zone, going down there, playing a couple of games. Um, I also had surgery on my foot um, halfway through the year to sort of take care of a heel scope problem. So Hopefully that'll help out with a bit. Um, sort of got back to training a few, like a month before preseason started. So sort of felt a little bit behind, but um, feeling like ready to go now. And like I've caught up to everyone. And yeah, just it's more like that mental preparation, I think, yeah, yeah. for me. Um, and I think for a lot of girls, like everyone sort of has the ability to sort of play. It's just a matter of like their mind frame and how they prepare. And yeah, like... You know, you can be the best player in the world, but if you don't think you are or if you don't, um, you know, think that you belong there, then you might not perform. There's definitely a mental aspect to the game, that's for sure. Um, yeah. We are looking excited for we are excited for you for the 2020 season. I think you were leading disposal in the AFLW last year. Um, what can we expect from Ali Anderson in 2020 and the Brisbane Lions? Um, from me, I definitely want to um, improve my disposal efficiency. So, you and me yeah, both, I guess- sister. <laughs> Sorry. You and me both. Yeah. yeah, so get a lot of the ball, but maybe don't use it as well as I can. So, yeah, I just want to really focus on that. So quality over quantity. Yeah. Um, and for the team, I think, yeah, we're going to be really a fast-running sort of um, competitive team. So, you know, I, I have a feeling that we'll do pretty well, but, you know, because the competition changes every year. You yeah. just don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, Ali, we appreciate you coming on the podcast. Rips through it, episode 30. You are the first guest for 2020. Um, I'll get you a medal for that because that's a kind of a big honour these days. <laughs> but no, we do appreciate awesome. you taking that phone call in the morning. Um, I know it's early for us. Um, it's probably your day after all. You probably train latest, latest tonight. So we appreciate yeah, that, no, Ali. Um, good luck for the Thanks year. For and me. we'll be seeing you this weekend down at Wilson Grange. Hopefully you have 40 touches and kick a couple goals. Yeah, see you then. All Thank right. you. See Thanks, ya. Ali. Bye. Bye. Ali Anderson. Yeah. She's, got, she's a genuine star and yeah. she's one of the nicest people you ever meet as well. And that's the thing, like they're so grateful. Like you see in the media that they, they, they want pay rises, they want to be full-time and stuff, but they genuinely just love the game um, and they're so grateful as well. Like out of the media, they're, they're happy with what's going on. I know that for a fact. And um, 
oh, I really hope she does well this year because she's a really good player. Yeah, um, I, well, I only met her for the first time in November. Yeah. So uh, her manager, Alexandra Saundry, sort of connected us. And um, I remember we worked on a, a really interesting piece for Exclusive Insight. And um, just to sort of see her really open up about the off-field stuff too, I thought was really interesting because... Yeah. As you said, she's an absolute gun when it comes yeah. to her football and she's, you know, taking massive steps and I think the competition is now starting to really notice that, you know, she's she's really starting to evolve as a, as a footy player. Yeah. And, um, it's exciting to see. I'm excited to see how they go, especially the Lions. They've had, they've had a couple of practice matches now. Um, I think they got uh, beaten by GWS pretty much just in two quarters mm. uh, and then they beat Gold Coast last week in the practice match. So... Excited for them. Hopefully, big things to come. Um, we'll be down there at Wilson Grange this weekend, so make sure you get down there. But that is it for our episode. We do have an announcement to make. Yeah, so talking about big things to come, I mean, we are very excited. I'm going to let you unveil this because okay, it's, okay, it's okay. something that we've been talking about for some time. And, yep. you know, we, we started this 12 months ago because we wanted to create a channel, um, you know, obviously in, in conjunction with Exclusive Insight, you know, a channel and a, a, a platform and an environment where players understood that this was going to be a players only yeah. platform and players it's the people only. show it's the people show we've done it for the people we're back because of the people <laughs> um, but we've got some really exciting news on some parties. we do we do so i've been in constant conversations with the seven afl you might have seen um, them post a little bit of us um last year but we are officially a partner with the seven afl will be we will be doing bigger and better things in 2020. Um, we've got some big things for the off-season, which involved uh, a little bit of travelling and catching up with some players. So hopefully that gets ticked off soon. Um, but yeah, you'll see a lot more of us on their socials and vice versa. So that's it's pretty big news for us. Um, we I wanted to choose someone. We both wanted to choose someone who was, um, you know, kind of has the same vision as us. And Bede, who works behind the scenes there in the social media department, uh, he's absolute guru of that. And obviously Paul Moore, who's the, the head of it. So... Um, really appreciate them this year. Uh, we can't wait to get started with them. Um, so look out for that. But also I want to give a shout out to Shield Microphones, Camperin who did that. Um, also there's Mad Dog Tees and Bucket Hats that we've got going on. I've got one here for you too that you can wear. So um, looking forward to it. That's episode 30. Um, thank you for coming up today. Uh, it's better. I've got to put some um, sound things on the wall, some sound panels. It just stops it from um, echoing. But bear with us, guys. We're trying to get this shit done. So... Um, and bigger and better. Bigger and better for 2020. We've got some guests coming on. Gil McLaughlin should be on before the um, origin. So that'd be pretty cool. Uh, also got Tim Payne who said yes. We've got Zorko Hodgie who said yes. Um, Yolman who said yes. Um, Stevenson who said yes. Like it, just look out. And if I do slide in your DMs, um, all those AFL players out there, just, just respond. Like it's not hard. Um, yeah. Five minute phone call. Uh, that's about it. But yeah. And we're doing this for them. And do it for you. I did it for you! But yeah, so we'll uh, we'll get started on that. Um, Thank you everyone for tuning in. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Spotify, SoundCloud. It's all coming to you live. Well, actually, pre-recorded. It's all coming to you (laughs) pre-recorded from the the Rit Thrill podcast room. So thank you, Sean Tone, for coming up. Always. See you next week. Peace out. Eat down. Boom.